0: If you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash, homie. Welcome to episode 8 of All In With Kevin. I am your host, Kevin Lewis. In this episode, I am going to talk about the wide receiver position in fantasy football. I'm going to talk about my rankings, uh, different different ways to potentially attack the position on draft day, the depth of the position, um, and my sleepers, my breakouts, and my busts. as far as a general overview of the position this year, um to me it's the deepest position in fantasy. Like I don't think you have to aggressively target wide receivers to end up with a wide receiver core that you like. Uh I think you can I think you can just let the position kind of you I think you can let the position kind of play out the way it's going to play out. Like you don't need to go out of your way to do anything on wide receiver. I think it's the easiest of the three non-quarterback positions to formulate a plan for, given um, given what I just said that you don't have to go out of your way to draft good ones. Um, like running back is so volatile that a lot of the wide receiver, um, a lot of the running backs are getting pushed into territory that they probably don't belong in for the sake of fear of missing out. So that pushes wide receivers down. Like there are a lot of ways. That you can attack wide receiver this year. There are a lot of ways that you can attack wide receiver this year and be successful, in my opinion. And there aren't a lot of them that have enough red flags to the point where you should avoid them. Granted, if you feel shaky about a wide receiver, I, I suggest that you just don't even bother to take them. Like, if anything, it could be anything. What the weather? Like, there's always a pivot. There's always somebody similar that you could take, and feel and feel better about. So, if I would suggest that strongly with wide receiver, like it, there's always an alternative. With that said, I will get into my tiers. So, um, my tier one is Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and Tyreek Hill. Um, there isn't a lot to be said about these guys that hasn't already been said. So I I will say this about Devonte Adams. I I was very tempted to rank him number one. Like if if you told me if you told me that Green Bay throws the ball a little bit more, which they 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 have told you in a hundred ways that they don't want to, I would definitely rank him one, because. <clears throat> the packers don't have anybody else that is a threat to targets for De- like Devonte adams might be the most targeted wide receiver in football and the man is very 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 good at his craft so i was tempted to to to, to um, rank him number one but i can't sit here and forecast an uptick in passing for green bay so he has to so i i kept him at a at uh at number two um as far as the rest of them in the in, in the in this uh, in this tier, um, there's not much to add. I, I would beware of a Julio decline. I'm not saying he's gonna decline. I'm not saying I think he's gonna decline. Rather, look, he's 31. He has a lot of mileage on his on, on his body. Look, uh, as long as he's on the field, he's going to dominate. That's just Julio Jones. That's what he's been doing. That's what he does. But I would beware. Of a decline with him there isn't much you it's not actionable as far as drafts because you're not going to avoid him especially now that he's going around two on average you're not gonna avoid him because you think a decline might be coming but i would I would be careful so that that's I would be mindful of a potential decline um tier two I have chris Godwin DJ Moore. Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen, Kenny Galladay, Amari Cooper, Juju Smith-Schuster, DeAndre Hopkins at 12, and Mike Evans at 13. Look, Chris Godwin made me look very smart last summer. Like I touted him as much as I could. I got him in as many drafts as I could. Like, I took him in roughly 75% of my leagues. So I have nothing but love for Chris Godwin. I, and I have him fifth here, but I don't really plan on drafting him much because of how expensive he is granted like his um his ADP has slipped a little bit in the past few in the past month or so because he was going at the beginning of round 2 at the at the very outset of like the summer now he's going near the end of round 2 so I'm a little bit less skeptical on drafting him but like Tom Brady's there the Bucs should in theory be more competitive Shouldn't be down twenty one zero every week like they were last year. Maybe he sees a sl- a down tick in tar- targets because of it. I'm not like thrilled to draft him, but like the ability is just so uh, he has so much ability to the point where I can't dra- I can't sit here and tell you not to draft him at five. Like like he's an elite wide receiver, so I'm gonna rank him at fifth anyway and probably not draft too much of him in redraft leagues. Honestly, they're probably not going to do that. Um, DJ Moore, not much has changed with DJ Moore's situation, except that they got a better quarterback who also loves to do the stuff that DJ Moore excels at. He loves to throw the passes that DJ Moore excels at catching. And he's one of the best young receivers ever as far as production goes. Like he, He's eighth. Among receivers, all among among receivers, uh, twenty three or younger, all time in receiving yards. Like it's a pretty good list to be on. Car- Carolina's defense seemed like a good bet to stink, also. So like, there's there are a lot of um, negative game scripts that should benefit the entire passing game. Really, Allen Robinson is one of my favorite values this year. Um, he's being drafted at. Th- 308 currently and it's just you don't typically get talents like that at at spots like that in PPR leagues like yes I know Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles is the quarterback look they were the quarterbacks I mean Mitch Trubisky was the worst quarterback in football last year and, and Allen Robinson finished as wide receiver 8 Allen Robinson has never played with a good a quarterback going back to college that just does not matter to me that much does it minimize his ceiling yes if Allen Robinson had a better quarterback he might be in tier 1 that's just... He's that talented. Like, he's very... He's outrageously talented. But with that said, like, I'm still drafting him with confidence. He's going to get his, especially in an offense where there isn't there isn't a lot of competition for targets. Like, Anthony Miller is cool. Like, he's a nice player. He He's not going to grab a big share of the targets. Jimmy Graham is basically finished. He's not going to grab a big share of the targets. They... I don't even know who who the hell they got on the wide receiver depth chart besides Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. And they don't have a pat. Well, Tree Cohen, rather, I, I was about to blank and forget him that he existed. But um, he should he should take some of the targets. But that's three people. Allen Robinson is going to get targeted like 150 times. And you know what they say about fantasy. Opportunity is king. Um, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen is another one of my favorite bargains. He's going round three, pick six at the moment. Um, yeah, Thielen. You, you love when you love when a wide receiver has continuity with his quarterback, and Thielen has been playing with Kirk for two years, and he's been very productive in the games that he's played. And I mean, Thielen has had two seasons under, under his belt where he saw over hundred targets, and he was a top ten receiver in PPR in both of those seasons. Stefan Diggs left, so like there's no reason why, uh, th- there aren't many wide receivers with the kind of target and opportunity upside that Adam Thielen has, and he, you're, you're currently getting him in the middle of round three, and his quarterback is not bad, like Kirk Cousins, we can say whatever you want, there's a lot of varying opinions on him, but he's not bad, and he knows how to get Adam th- Adam Thielen the ball, so like I-, I see an 100-catch season on deck for Adam Thielen, personally, if he stays healthy. Uh, After that, I got Kenny Galladay. Uh, Kenny Galladay played half his games with a mess at quarterback once Matthew Stafford got hurt, and he still led the league in touchdowns with 11. He was seventh in receiving yards with 1,190, and he's one of the league's best contested catch threats. If Stafford continues to... If if Stafford, A, stays healthy, and B, continues to attack down the field the way he was last year, it's fair to wonder how high Kenny Galladay's um, ceiling is. Like he could be, I have I have him ranked, but like I have him ranked ninth. I mean, he 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 could theoretically be a top five guy, like in the best case scenario. Um, I have DeAndre Hopkins 12th. Well, I mean, before I get to DeAndre Hopkins, Amari Cooper, I have him tenth. You, you you should keep in mind that right now he's he is hurt, and apparently he has not practiced in a week, so that's not the greatest news. Um, but more on Cooper. Like, look, if you're gonna draft Amari Cooper, you have to draft him knowing like the 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 highs are very high and the lows are very low. Look, just draft him and try and ignore him. I I know that doesn't make a lot of sense for somebody that's that is is typically drafted as a wide receiver one or or like a high end wide receiver two, but. If you just ignore him, your your experience will be a lot more peaceful, and just hope that when playoff time comes, that's when the big games come, because he's he's liable to give you scoreless weeks, like legitimate scoreless weeks, like zero catch, zero yard weeks. So, just just ignore him. You look at the back of the football card when the, when the season's over, you'll be happy, and you'll be you'll be far less stressed. But going into Hopkins. Like I'm avoiding Hopkins this year. Like I realize that's an unpopular take, and that's fine. Look, he he hasn't practiced, which is an undertold part of this story. He has not practiced. He's switching teams in the, in the middle of a year where you don't have many meetings and practices because of COVID. Like the the quarterback is unproven. I know, very talented, sure. The quarterback is still unproven. The Cardinals have no real reason to force feed DeAndre Hopkins either, and on top of that, he's not really—he's not a separation king. Like that's not his—that's not his jam. Like DeAndre, Hop- DeAndre Hopkins made a lot of money making a lot of good contested catches. I don't know if Kyler Murray's going to feel comfortable throwing those type of passes to a guy he does not have real chemistry with yet. Look, I'm not saying the man is going to be bad. Like the, the chances of him not being a top twenty wide receiver are very low, right? But right now he's going ahead of, he's going ahead of um, Chris Godwin. He's going ahead of DJ Moore. He's going ahead of Allen Robinson. He's going ahead of Adam Thielen. And look, maybe he should because those guys have questions too. Fine, I understood. But to me, with with the history of wide receivers switching teams, I'm just going to avoid them. Like, I'm just going to avoid him. That's just an avoid for me. Like, I love the player, and I will gladly take the discount next year if he flops this year or if he's underwhelming, quote-unquote, this year. I'll gladly take the di- take the discount next season, but for now, I'm going to avoid him. All right, so I'm going to move on to Tier 3. In this tier, I have Calvin Ridley, Odell Beckham, A.J. Brown, Tyler Lockett, Terry McLaurin, and Cooper Cup. Um Calvin Ridley is an interesting breakout candidate. He he's very good. Like very good route runner, very like very polished, very good hands. Like really good player. And this is year 3 for him. Like it would not be a surprise if Calvin Ridley took that leap even with Julio Jones on the team. Cuz again, the Atlanta Falcons are going to pass the ball a ton. They don't really have a really good third wide receiver. Like Hayden Hurst should should have some fun but he's not going to get a ton of targets he might get like 95 to 100 targets like I'll talk about him more in the in the tight end preview but given his talent and the likelihood Atlanta finds themselves in a lot of shootouts because their defense that they shape up to be a bad team he's an extremely attractive buy in this season and that's why I'm taking a guy who that's why I'm, I'm ranking a guy who's pretty clearly the number two wide receiver in his own offense at the top of tier three Like, I believe in the talent, and I believe in the opportunity. Uh, Odell Beckham, man, he's fallen. Uh, Last year, he was drafted as wide receiver five, and then we we saw what happened. He was not healthy, and Baker Mayfield's play fell off a cliff. Uh, They still aggressively targeted him downfield, and that figures to remain the same with Kevin Stefanski on board. So, um, Odell the, the, Odell also has a wide range of outcomes. Like all of these guys doing this tier, really. Like AJ Brown is, is my favorite young wide receiver in football. Like I am, I am ranking him pretty conservatively because I have no idea what the Titans are going to do as far as running, as their run, as far as their run to pass ratio goes. Like he had one of the best rookie wide, um, one of the best rookie seasons for a wide receiver ever. And he clearly has a rapport with Ryan Tannehill, which I'm assuming stems from the fact that they were both on the second team last year. During, um, while Mariota was starting, so thus they practiced with each other often, and it showed when, they, when when um Tannehill got the got the gig, and they threw AJ Brown in there and gave him an uptick in snaps. It showed, like his efficiency is gonna fall fall off. Like it's not he he's not gonna be the, the best yards per route run guy in football again. I wouldn't think. And so we need a potential uptick in targets for him to give a significant return of investment. And I mean, a return on investment. So, and I mean, it's possible. Maybe Tennessee is worse. Like, maybe they decide to throw the ball at Rantan, or I don't think they will. But if they're worse, anything goes. Anything's possible. Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett are probably are one of my very favorite quarterback wide receiver combos to watch. They have a telepathic kind of chemistry and it's it's beautiful to watch unfold. Like w- once Russell Wilson starts scrambling around and and starts pointing and shit, like you just expect Tyler Lockett to appear and make a 30-yard catch. It's just how they work. Like Lockett's never going to be an 150 target guy, but you can dream You could dream big on Lockett. Like, maybe they finally let Russ be the centerpiece of the offense and throw the ball more. I I would not bet on it, but maybe they do. Like, Lockett is a wildly efficient wide receiver, and and Wilson aggressively targets everybody down the field. So maybe they see, maybe, maybe they throw the ball more. And we see Tyler Lockett give us a, a significant return on investment. Maybe, maybe you can dream. Terry McLaurin, is, he has very minimal competition for targets. And he has a chemistry with Dwayne Haskins going back to their college days at Ohio State. McLaurin had an impressive rookie year, and he was 14th in yards per route run. And, and if Haskins continues to take a step forward from his rookie year to his sophomore year, Terry McLaurin should be a very safe wide receiver, too, with wide receiver one upside. Uh, tier four, I have Robert Woods, T. Y. Hilton, DJ Chark, DK Metcalf, Michael Gallup, Cortland Sutton, and Will Fuller. Uh Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are basically the same. They're they're both boring and they're both solid. Like with Cooks going, it feels like Woods is a lock for 120 targets, and Robert Woods is gonna do what Robert Woods does. He's gonna be a wire he's gonna be a very solid wide receiver, too, that you could plug in and not even worry about. Um, I have Gallup at number twenty-four in this in in this uh, in this tier and at, at number twenty-four overall, excuse me. And he, I feel that he is undervalued. He's going at pick six at pick at round six, pick twelve right now. So number seven number eighty-three overall at at the current. No, excuse me. Wow. Really terrible mathematics <laughs> Really terrible mathematics going on here. Sorry. Pick seventy two. Apologies. Um Yeah, once C D Lamb got drafted, that I, I felt like that was always gonna keep Michael Gallup's ADP in check. Like Gallup was sixth in receiving yards per game, and nothing about his situation really changed outside of the fact that they added C D Lamb and and I'm not projecting C D Lamb for 120 targets off rip. Like he's gonna have his moments and he's gonna have his good games and all of that, but there's room for all of them to prosper and I mean I want the Dallas Cowboys passing game. Like I want pieces of it in pretty much almost every league that I'm in. I want Lamb. I want Gallup. Cooper, his health is a little spotty right now, but I will I will take the discount if people wanna give it. So ultimately I think Michael Gallup at pick seventy two is a a very, very good deal. Cortland Sutton is one of the most talented receivers in the sport, and he was one of the most efficient receivers in the sport as far as yards per route run, route run last year. But like, I, I rank him twenty fifth because well, the, the receiver position is at deep, as I already started the show saying, and I need to see more from Drew Locke before I before I put the cart before the horse, so to speak. And I, and I expect the Broncos to be a pretty neutral offense as far as run versus pass. And I expect them to be in a lot of neutral or positive game scripts. Like, I think the Broncos are going to be a pretty decent football team. Will Fuller, Will Fuller, I know, I know, I know, I know. He's always hurt. He's made of glass. He leaves every game at halftime. Well, not not even halftime. It's typically the first quarter for Will Fuller. I know. But look, he had he had... He had 660 yards in, in what, 10 starts last year? Um, Hopkins is out of there. And again, this is a short offseason. They have a bunch of new receivers. That's going to take some time, especially with limited practice. Fuller's been there. And the thing with sports generally is, like, sometimes you're injury prone until you're not. Like, remember when Keenan Allen was an injury risk and then he just stopped getting hurt? I'm not saying that's going to happen here, but it's possible. And if Will Fuller stays on the field for 16 games, he's going to win you money. Period. Assuming that Deshaun Watson also stays on the field for 16 games. Will is going to win you money. So I would take my chances with Will Fuller if I were you. I, I strongly suggest it, especially given that you're getting him right now um, at pick 70 on average. Round 6, pick 10. So the next tier, Tier 5, I have Marquise Brown. Keenan Allen, Jamison Crowder, Devontae Parker, Stefan Diggs, Jarvis Landry, uh, Mar- Marquise Brown. Look, if his his gaining the twenty extra pounds is a little weird to me, I'm not a fitness, I am not a physical fitness professional, but I've never heard of somebody gaining twenty pounds in one offseason and working out for the better. So that's something to watch, at least in my opinion, my very very uneducated <laughs> on physical fitness opinion. Something to watch. With that said, like he he averaged seven targets a game early last season before he got hurt. If the Ravens regress as a team, as far as quality goes, and they're they're in more neutral to negative game scripts, and they have to come back a little bit more, there's there's really serious potential for Marquise Brown to go to make a leap. He's very good. Like his he he's a, he's a game breaking talent. Yeah, and I mean, there's the rookie sophomore leap that we typically expect from from talented receivers like like Marquise Brown. Yeah, I I like him a lot as a wide receiver three with wide receiver two ish upside. Um, James Crowder, I have him ranked twenty ninth. Look, James Crowder and Chris Herndon. I will talk about Chris Herndon on the on the tight end episode. Um. There are people that you're drafting with are going to dare you to draft Jets players. That's just how this is going to go. Unless you're drafting with Jets fans. People are going to dare you to draft Jets players. And look, I understand. Adam Gay stinks. I understand. The Jets are likely, very likely to stink. And their passing game is likely to stink. Sure, but like somebody has to catch the passes, right? Rashad Perryman is already hurt. Robbie Robbie Anderson left town. I can't even name I, I follow the Jets and I can't even like Jeff Malone. I don't know who these people are. Jeff Malone and some dude named Crespo, I believe. I, I I'm I'm positive I got that wrong. But whatever. It's it's a lot of dudes I've never heard of that are currently taking important reps at camp. Jameson Crowder was wide receiver nineteen in the games that Darnold played last year. He is currently going in round nine right and pick six on average. Like that that's robbery. I'm not saying he has flashy upside or anything like that, but there isn't a big difference between him and Jarvis Landry and he's going a full two rounds later. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, somebody got to get the targets. And he he should get, like, 140 targets. Like, bar, um, health permitting. He should get about 140 targets or so. Like, he's a safe wide receiver, too, in my opinion. Like, do you want to? And the thing is, you don't have to draft him as that either. You could draft him as your flex. You could draft him as a bench guy. D- Devontae Parker is an interesting case. Uh, first of all, it should be noted that he has not practiced in a week as of the recording of this episode. This is September third. He has not practiced in a week, so that should be monitored. Um, he had a great season. He had a he had a nice um burst on the scene season last year but it should be noted that he started to go crazy once Preston Williams got hurt like he averaged 50 yards a game before Preston Williams uh, ACL injury and then he averaged 100 yards a game after it with that said two Dolphins receivers opted out of the the season due to COVID concerns and Preston Williams is coming off of said ACL injury so Parker's uh, target share looks very stable and he has a lot of ability I don't know how going from Fitzpatrick to Tua is going to affect Parker. That's impossible for me to answer. I don't know, but we'll have to see. I don't mind betting on Devontae Parker's talent, especially given that you don't really have to spend a high pick to do it. Stefan Diggs is switching teams. I have him 31st. So Stefan Diggs is switching teams and taking a downgrade as far as the passer goes. I understand if you want to take Diggs, if you believe that Josh Allen's going to improve. If you just believe in the talent, but run first offense with an inaccurate passer is just not something I'm actively trying to target. So I'm going to be I'm out on on digs generally, unless he falls to round to a to round seven, let's say, which is not impossible because he's getting he's currently getting drafted in around six. So people are generally out on digs as well. Tier six, I have Deontay Johnson, Christian Kirk. Julian Edelman, Marvin Jones, Tyler Boyd, Brandon Cooks, Brandon Ayuk, A.J. Green, Henry Ruggs, Deshaun Jackson, C.D. Lamb, Jalen Rager, John Brown, and John Brown, to close out the tier. Um, Christian Kirk, to me, if you want to have exposure to the Arizona passing offense, which is not exactly the worst strategy to want to take um i'd much rather buy christian kirk at his adp than deandre hopkins at his julian edelman i don't know what he's going to do with cam newton i don't know what to expect from them i don't i don't expect to see him get the same kind of targets whether you want to talk about a dot or um frequency of targets that he got with tom brady on the center but he still he still is their best target and he still should lead the patriots in targets, so I mean, we'll see what he does. I'm not, I'm not excited to draft Julian Edelman, even if I will draft him. I'm not avoiding him. Um, in the games, Marvin Jones Mar- in the games Marvin Jones scored over ten PPR points. He averaged twenty three a game. Jones is a perfect bench receiver. Perfect like he if you need him for 3 weeks he can give he can give you a good 3 weeks. If you need him for a month, you need him for 2 months, he might be able to to step in and do a good job. And he has upside for he has wide receiver 2 upside. Like he's he's going to he, if you have to start him for regularly, like there're going to be weeks that frustrate you because he is a deep threat guy. There are going to be one catch for 12 yard kind of weeks, but the beautiful thing is you do not have to draft him as a wide receiver 1 or a wide receiver 2. He he he's a depth he's a bench piece. Um Tyler Boyd isn't the world's most efficient wide receiver and he probably stands to lose a few targets. Um he's still very reliable and if Joe Burrow comes in and is as good as people in Bengals camp apparently think that he is, who knows? Like maybe Tyler Boyd finishes the top twenty-four guy. I'm pro- I'm going to avoid him myself. So, because I just I just don't I I don't think with Tyler Boyd on the board, like Jamison Crowder is typically still there. Like I'm I'm out on Tyler Boyd as a whole, but there there's an avenue for him to be good. I wouldn't suggest that you do it. I'm just gonna I wouldn't suggest that you avoid him. I'm just gonna avoid him. Brandon Cooks just. He's had a very unique NFL career. He's put up a thousand-yard seasons for three different NFL teams, which is a very impressive feat. I'd be I'd be considerably higher on Cooks if not for the whole switching teams in the middle of a pandemic thing. If him and Watson hit it off, and Cook stays healthy, which is a big if with his concussion history, who knows where he, where you can end up? Like Cooks and Fuller on paper, Cooks Fuller and Randall Cobb on paper makes a a, a nice wide receiver core. Even if none of them are clear cut number one receivers. I was a lot more excited about Brandon Ayuk before his pulled hamstring cost him most cost him a lot of camp. If he gets back in a reasonable time he's still in a good spot given that, you know, Debo Samuels recovering from an injury, Jalen Hurd got hurt, and Jalen Hurd also got hurt. Like the wide receiver core on the Niners is depleted. So if he can return in a in a decent in a decent enough uh time frame. Who know he he could potentially have a nice 2020 season. AJ Green was really fun to watch at the peak of his powers despite Andy Dalton's limitations holding him back. I guess in theory he still has a lot of upside especially given that Joe Burrow is under center, but at this point I I I will err on the car, on the side of believing it when I see it. Tyler, Tyler Williams, Tyler, geez, Tyrell, excuse me, Tyrell Williams injury, his, his season ending injury should mean more It tar- could potentially mean more targets for Henry Ruggs and also Brian Edwards, who I have not mentioned, but, and I don't have ranked, but is a guy that you should watch, but, but back to Ruggs, he's apparently been lining up all over the place at Raiders camp, X, Z, slot, you name it, he's been lining up all over the place and he obviously has game breaking speed. So, like Derek Carr is not the most risky. He's he is arguably the most risk averse quarterback in football at this point. So I don't know how him and Henry Ruggs mesh, but I'm interested to see how they use him. This is a this is probably my favorite target of the round, despite him being ranked 41st. Because you're getting him cheap, and I love guys with four two eight speed, four three speed. How could you not? Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson is a is a I think he's a pretty good flex target as of right now because Rager unfortunately got Jalen Rager unfortunately got injured and Alshon Jeffrey's not walking through that door either, so it's basically Jackson, a bunch of dudes I've never really heard of besides Greg Ward who, well, is Greg Ward. It's basically Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, and to a lesser degree, Miles Sanders. Like There's a a real possibility that he is the most targeted non-Zach Ertz Eagles pass catcher. And if that's the case, he's going to return value on this investment. Because he's basically going for free. All the reports out of Cowboys Camp have been about how explosive CeeDee Lamb is. And I mean, I can repeat some of the shit that I said about during Michael Gallup's portion of this podcast. I'll just say it again, I want all of the Cowboys passing him. All of it. All of it. So, I'll be drafting CD Lamb as well. Um, okay, so the, the best of the rest tier, the final tier. Um, Rashad Perriman, Golden Tate, Curtis Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Michael Pittman, Nikhil Harry, Alan Lazard, Preston Williams, Mike Williams, Randall Cobb, Hunter Renfro, Paris Campbell, Debo Samuel. Um... A Debo Samuel, they they claim he's on part he's on track to play in week one. I, I'm not, I'm not keen. Based on the history of, I I think it's called the Jones fracture. I think I think that's what it's called. Like based on the history of that particular injury, like I'm not, I'm probably not going to be drafting uh, Debo Samuel. But I understand. Like he broke his foot on in, in June and he and he's gonna come back and play in September. I don't know. I don't know about I don't know about that. I, I think I'll stay away. Um Sterling Shepherd has more upside than his ranking here would indicate. He also has an extensive injury history, but he he was the most targeted receiver on the Giants when all of them were, were playing and healthy last year, which was rare, but he was the most targeted receiver on that team and he's typically been the most targeted guy on the team past couple of years he has and when he's healthy and playing so like there's flex appeal there Um, Darius Slayton the same kind of applies like he's a different kind of receiver he's a bigger play threat but you know if he keeps getting those kind of those kind of um high leverage targets you know there's good return on a, a return on investment potential there um Preston Williams, I like a lot. He was a, a really good prospect. Like he he um he slid down the draft boards, um because of injury uh, because of injury history. But I like him a lot. Yes, he's coming off a torn ACL. I understand that too. But you know the Dolphins probably going to be bad. A lot of negative game a lot of positive game scripts for fancy for excuse me a lot of negative game scripts. A lot of trailing. Yeah, I like Preston Williams and and as I said, Alan Alan Hearns and um Albert Wilson both opted out. So that so that spell that bodes well for his uh his target share. Finally, Hunter Renfro, I think he's I think he's more interested interesting than people let on because um they kind of slight him for his style of play. Like he's a slot receiver who's shifty. Like we don't really look at those guys as having a lot of upside, but He ranked 11th in yards per route run last year at 2.08, and he had 35, 490, and 4. 35 catches, 490 yards, and 4 touchdowns in the 8 games after week 8. So, I I, I think there's wide receiver 3 kind of potential there in PPR. Maybe more if Derek Carr just chooses to pepper him with 5-yard passes all game, which is possible because that's what Derek Carr likes to do. Okay, well, th- that is it for episode eight, the fantasy football wide receiver preview. Uh, besides the people, besides my opponents, I wish you guys happy drafting. This is the biggest weekend for fantasy drafting, and I wish you all the best. Thank you for listening. Child, please, is a nice way of telling someone, you know, fuck you. If, so, like if somebody come to you, if coach come to you and be like, man, did he cover you? You can just look at coach and be like, man, coach, child, please, because you really disrespecting me, right?